0: Thank you for listening to the sermons here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Our worship services happen on Sunday mornings. 8.30 is our traditional worship service, and 10.30 is our contemporary worship service. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can visit us also on our website at www.alcrpv.org. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing upon this time. As we have come into this place, we ask that your word, your spirit may fill us with your presence so that the work work that is done here is not my work, but yours. Your work of the Holy Spirit, transforming lives, making people new. So Lord, we submit this time to you. Let there be less of me so there can be more of you. Take these words and use them to chisel out eyes and ears out of our granite heads so that we might hear new what you have given us. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. What a wonderful gift to be talking about the gospel, to be enjoying this story of God's love for you, and for me, it's been just a, a great privilege to preach and think and pray about talking this wonderful gospel. And we, we, I see this beautiful thing kind of all coming together and it started in, I think it was early December when on Tuesday morning Bible study, we were wrapping up our book on prayer on Richard Foster and we started talking about what we're going to do next and so we put some things on the table. We put Jeremiah on the table and, and some of the teachings of Jesus and the gospel of John. And then we put the Sermon on the Mount on the table. And we said, let's just pray over what we think we should do and move into. And after our conversation, after our prayer the next week, we decided to go to the Sermon on the Mount And then, if you'll notice, the appointed readings that the lectionary has laid out for us, which is a three-year cycle of readings, here we are reading the Sermon on the Mount. And so on Tuesday mornings, we're going to enjoy and be in the Sermon on the Mount, reading it for you on Sundays. And I think the Sermon on the Mount and this Gospel of Matthew is very often looked at with a little bit of arm's length going, I know you're there, I know you're important, but you kind of intimidate me, right? When we think about our Gospels, the Gospel of John is usually what people say is their favorite. Oh, the Gospel of John. I, I love the stories in John and the ways um, that he uses language. And John's beautiful. And Luke is a Gospel to the poor. Luke has the parables. Luke has the Christmas story, the way um, Lucy did it in Charlie Brown Christmas, right? That's Luke. And Mark, hey, Mark's short. You can get through Mark in an afternoon. But Matthew, well, A lot, 28 chapters, Sermon on the Mount is there. But last week, we walked you up to the Sermon on the Mount. And we showed you how Matthew is written to a Jewish audience so that when they turn the last page of the Gospel of Matthew, they look at it and they say, surely this man is the Son of God. We talked about the Jesus going into Egypt coming out of Egypt, the reminder of the Exodus, how the wise men came from the east, how they were in exile in the east, in the Babylon exile, and came back to the promised land. Matthew is building up, building up this Messiah. So by the time he speaks, you're ready to listen. And his first line is that, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is come near." And then Jesus goes around teaching and doing miracles and signs and wonders and his popularity is building and more and more people are seeing him and he goes up on this mount and he starts to talk and you're ready to hear the Messiah now. Five chapters have built up to this point. And if you're a religious person of those days, if you're a Jewish religious person, you're thinking, oh, he's going to pat me on the back. The Messiah is going to tell me what a great job I've done. Because I'm wearing the right clothes. I'm eating the right things. I go to temple at the right time. And the first word out of Jesus' mouth is not, well done, religious people. Instead, it's, happy are those who are poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You who are poor in spirit, you who are sitting in this room and who are mourning the weight of sin, You who are sitting in this room under the weight of hungering and thirsting for righteousness and not being able to be satisfied, not finding righteousness anywhere in your life, I will come to you. Not to the religious top, not to the leaders, not to the zealots, but instead to the poor, the hurting, the poor in spirit, given words of peace, words of comfort. And the Messiah, right away, turns the world upside down. He flips it on its head. I'm not coming to teach you religious people how to do better. I'm coming to tell and satisfy the poor, the hurting. And who are the poor and hurting? Well, they're all of us. All of us are in desperate need of a Savior. And so... The Beatitudes, these blessed words, these happy are those words hit in Matthew 5. The first words out of Jesus' mouth, the expectations of the Messiah turning on its head. And then we go to this section, you are the salt of the earth. Now, we're going to read this section of scripture. And I want you to be looking for a little, like we'll call it a little sassy Jesus going on. Because I think that's what's happening in this text. He's, he's doing a little like question that's going to get the people to turn and go, Really? That's, that's what you think? So let's be ready for him to say that. Let's read Matthew five thirteen through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled under feet. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So, where is the sassy Jesus? Well, I think it's right here. How can saltiness be restored? Now, if you go home... And you go to your bottle or can of salt on the shelf, you will go and be disappointed to find that there is no expiration date on your salt, right? Salt does not lose its saltiness. Why? It is a mineral of the earth. It's sitting on the great salt lake, baking in the sun for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and you go and scoop it up and lick it. You're not like, oh, the salt's gone bad. Right? No, that's not what salt does. Salt remains. It is salt is what it is. Light Light is just, it's spectacular. If you pause and you think about what light does, and I've mentioned this before, but the the image that I have very often of light is in Staples Center and just being totally dark. So dark that you can't see the hand in front of your face. If someone goes to center court and lights a lighter, from wherever you are, you'll be able to see that light and give you a spot of light in the darkness. Light invades darkness. Even the smallest amount travels to the farthest corners and invades the darkness. Light is what it is. We have this new telescope, right? The James Webb Telescope, and it's taking pictures deep, deep, deep in space. What is it taking pictures of? Light traveling through space for millions and millions of years, traveling through space. And it doesn't just get tired and go, well, you know what? I've a 100 million light years and I'm done. I'm done traveling. No, why? It's light. It moves and it goes. And so we have pictures from hundreds of millions of light years away. Maybe a million light years away. Don't, don't, science person don't go, well, he was wrong. It's only 10 million. This is one of the first pictures that the James Webb telescope took. And it is of a creation of a new star. They're thinking the birth of a star. Cool. And from the highest point to the lowest valley in this ridge along the top, they estimate is seven light years apart. It's huge. Right? This is huge. And the light has traveled through space and all come down. And this James Webb telescope picked up this image, and we got to see it. Light is light. Salt is salt. Jesus looks at the hurting, broken people. Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to those he has just said, you, poor in spirit, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You, mourning one, for you will be comforted you hungry and thirsty for righteousness and can't find a drink or food anywhere, you will be satisfied. Those ones, those cast out ones, he's now looking at them and he's saying, you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt does not lose its saltiness. Light does not dissipate. It doesn't become less and less and less. It is what it is. And what Jesus is saying is, because you are found in me, you are the salt of the earth. In me, you are the light of the world. Don't go out and try to become saltier. Don't go working on your saltiness. Know that your saltiness is found in the identity in Christ. He creates salty, light people. Do you see what he's saying? You are the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the city set up on the hill. Now, it's fascinating what Jesus does, right? If you think about these images, salt and light, what do they do? Salt and light both add to create something. They add to create um, new flavors, bring up flavors. They create a new kind of food with the preserves, right? It pulls out moisture. So salt adds and creates. Light is to be used. We see things because of light, right? The point of the light bulb is not to stare at the light bulb. The point of the light bulb is to be able to read by the light of the light, right? So we can see because of light. Now, the city on the hill is a little different. What's the point of the city on the hill? Draw people into To stand up. You, people of God. You, found in Christ. You are salt. You, people of God. You, found in Christ. You are light. You are the city on the hill. This is who you are. Stop working. Stop trying so hard. And instead, claim who you are. And then know that that's your identity. You're a salt person. You're a light person. I'm about to put something up on the screen that I think is so important. And so we need to pause and just recognize that this is, I think, what Jesus is doing in his teachings. That the teachings of Christ are descriptive and not prescriptive. They are telling us who we are, not telling us how to get better. When Christ starts teaching and starts starts telling us these things, He's saying, "In me you will be. Not work hard to become this person, but I will satisfy these things in you because of who I am. I'm telling you, you are salt. I'm telling you, you are light. I'm telling you, you are a city on a hill." Not because you're going to buy a 10 checklist book in the back that's going to tell you ways to be salt. But because I create salty people. I create light-filled people. It's descriptive. Do Do you understand how beautiful if we were to take this teaching into ourselves and start reading scripture with that in mind? How it can release us from shame? how to pull us away from trying to say, well, if I just do this a little bit more, then I'll finally be the person Jesus can love. I'm utterly convinced that we are all wonderful legalists in ourselves. And it is our responsibility to just continue to beat it out of ourselves and to just draw close to Jesus so that he can tell us again, this is who I make, this is who I am. Teachings, of Christ are descriptive, not prescriptive. So then, you are salty people, you are light-filled people. Why? Christ bears his image through you into the world. he pours his spirit out through you into the world. And there's some really interesting things that we can do with this if we if we stop trying so hard to be salt and instead realize we are salt. Realize we are light. One of the things that's happening, that's happening today, is the there's a group of people, mostly silent, who have paid for some ads during the Super Bowl. And they're this he gets us. You may have seen some of these already. And they're gonna pay for these ads. And at the end, there are numbers that people can text, there's prayer requests people can have, and there's ways to connect to local churches. And you can volunteer on the backside to be a person to receive text prayers or connect with somebody who during the Super Bowl wants to reach out and ask a question. And you can be there to receive. So they're trying to not make it just a point to look at, but to connect people to people. You may be going to a Super Bowl party today. You may be around people and this ad is in a play and we, the salt, we, the light are in the room with these people. And we have the privilege of bearing salty light into these parties. How's God going to use that? I don't know. But this is happening today and something that I think we need to be aware of that's going out into the world on this day. The second thing, and this is something that I am so excited about because I'm not sure what God's going to do. I wrote my newsletter article on it. So if you read that, you already know what's happening but my encouragement for all of us this Lent is I want for us to do a prayer walk. What does that mean? I want for you to have set times when your neighborhood knows that you are gonna walk a path around your neighborhood and you are gonna pray on that route for the people you walk by, for the houses you walk by, that you're going to pray specifically on anointing of the Holy Spirit upon the neighborhood, upon that house and those people. And you're going to tell your neighbors, I'm walking these times and I'm going to be praying for our neighborhood. Is there anything I can pray for you for? Now, in the South Bay in 2023, I think for us to go out and to evangelize by saying, do you know the four spiritual laws of Jesus and realize that you're a sinner in desperate need of a savior and let me tell you about Jesus and his cross and all those things. I don't know if that witness is the one right now that's gonna work, but I think a neighborhood hearing that there's a salty light person walking around saying, can I pray for you as I walk by? If I know that you're, job, your new job is really hard on you, I'm just going to pray for you by name as I walk by. I know that you're having a hard time raising the kids or your kids are leaving and you're feeling alone now with empty emptiness. I want to pray for you in the midst of that. And just walk the neighborhood. And this image that God's given me about this that we're going to do is can you see all these beautiful little routes of light around the South Bay As Ascension Lutheran church members just walk and bless the neighborhood? Can you see these little light routes spreading out over the South Bay? And God does things in prayer because he promises to show up in prayer. He promises to use the tool of prayer to anoint and to bless. So how am I going to do it? Well, our little neighborhood has a Facebook page that um, I'm gonna post on there and use a doodle form and say, hey, I'm gonna be doing this on these days and I would love to pray for you. Please fill this out and let me know and then I can pray for you as I walk by your house. And then they'll know that as I'm walking by, I'm not just walking for exercise as many people do, but walking to anoint, walking to bless. Lisa has made these wonderful cards And um, I'm going to hand them around, and I want you to take a stack full. We can make as many more of these as we have to. But these are simple cards that you can go to your neighbors that you're going to walk by, and you can say, I'm going to be walking during the month of March. You see, I think if we use the word Lent and say the season of Lent, I think people will go, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to walk in the month of March, and I'm going to pray for our neighborhood. I'd love to pray for you. Could you just fill this out? Maybe leave some of these on your doorstep so people know, or out closer to the road, so people know that they can just fill one out and drop it off and you can pray for them as you walk by. So take a stack um, and take as many as you would like and then we will make more. So don't feel like um, you can take too many. We would love for them to be gone at the end of the service. But as we walk through our neighborhoods and as we have these prayer cards, or as you have your Google form list and people see you walking, we are bearing light out into the neighborhood. How? By the presence of God going with us, anointing our steps, anointing our words, anointing the path. And you don't have to be a perfect prayer warrior, right? Right? Now, I don't know if you've seen the, the movie, The Mr. Rogers. I think it's um, with Tom Hanks in the neighborhood or I don't remember the name of it exactly. But he just at night prayed by name for people. You don't need to have a whole sentence about what's going on. God knows. Just listing their name. You know, Jane in that home and Steve in that house. Lord, bless this neighborhood with your presence. Let your Holy Spirit be found in this neighborhood. Let them know the peace and hope that comes from love. And just walk for the month of March. I don't know what God is going to do with these stories. I don't know what's going to happen when you commit to walking around as salt and light in your neighborhood. How he's going to use that moment. But I think it's going to be beautiful. Beautiful. And I think each one of us who commits to doing this will have some strange story about someone who stopped us, a conversation that happened, an opportunity that we hear about maybe two years from now over what God's doing in our neighborhood. Because prayer is powerful. And prayer matters. Now, I'm sure each one of you has a different reason not to do this. Right? We're coming up with them already. I'm sure you are. Here's the couple things I want to say to you. One, the the possible outs, off ramps I could see, I can't walk that far. Okay. You have two neighbors right there. As you drive into them, pray anoint them. Tell them you're praying for them. If it's just that, it's more than what's happening right now. Right? How to get word out. There's a zillion ways. If you want to Do different things than that, the cards or uh, electronic ways. Go and do it in whatever way it can. I'm not a good prayer person. Just pray by name for them. Remember, it's not about you. It's about God working through you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Not because of something great you're doing. Not because of how well you can use pronouns and adverbs and all those things. But because God's presence is in you. And prayer is powerful. So next week, we're just going to have a map up on a wall that we're going to draw our routes on, and we're going to start to see what God does as we get to witness his love working through salty, light people, walking around, praying for a neighborhood, and just the wonderful witness of God's love that's anointing these streets that are walked upon. So I can't wait to see what happens. Again, take as many cards as you want. We're gonna have more in the office for you to use. If you have any other creative ways to ask people for prayer, let me know and we'll get word out. We wanna be helpful to you. You know, If you want Marco or Townsend or I to walk with you one time, let the office know and we'll come and and do a walk around your neighborhood. Let's just do this together and see what God's gonna do as we just pick up and just walk however far you feel called. Whether it's a block, whether it's two blocks, whether it's one house down, let us be found being salt and light in our neighborhoods, believing that God pours through us and does amazing things in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these people. I thank you for the privilege to be called your children. Lord, we are going to try something new. We are going to be walking and blessing the neighborhoods that we are planted in. Lord, you gave us these neighborhoods, each one of us. We live in a different place and you put us there and you tell us to love your neighbors. So Lord, here we are. We are gonna be loving our neighbors by praying for them because we believe that prayer is powerful. So Lord, come into this place. Give us your encouragement. Give us your love. Give us your hope. Lord, for each one of us, who has closed down this idea for whatever valid reason we think. Break through that barrier. If we can only walk one day a week around the neighborhood, that's one day more than it's being prayed for now. If we can only walk two houses, that's two more doors that are being prayed for than are today. Lord, let us be salt. Let us be light. And let us stop working at it and instead resting in our title because you give it to us freely. So Lord, take us, take this hope, take these people and make them new because of what you have done for us.